chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. The transfer window is slammed shut. The Premier League trudges on. Manchester City are marching, getting a 1-0 victory over Sheffield United. Thanks to goal from Gabriel Jesus. Arsenal and Manchester United ended 0-0. A loss and a draw for Manchester United. A rough week for Ole's men. Chelsea got Thomas Tuchel his first win in a 2-0 victory over Burnley. Thanks to their Spanish defender, Cesar Spilicueta and Marcus Alonso. Liverpool are back, getting a 3-1 victory over West Ham. Salah extending his lead in the Golden Boot race with two goals. Liverpool also signed two centre-backs today. Title challenge on... We'll see. And Tottenham are sinking like the Titanic with another loss, this time to Brighton 1-0. Welcome back to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Alex Moss and Javier Revelo. How's everybody doing today? Snowed in. Very snowed in right yeah. now. Every, I think everyone is. Andrew more so than us. Like It's not that bad. I, I can't. I, I want to say it's not that bad, but I really didn't go outside today. So it could be worse than I think but it yeah, is. New, but New yeah, York is, uh, is worse than the D.C. area, a lot worse, so... You guys are getting well, the, I think, the city never gets as bad as like North Jersey and Long Island. I'll say that. Like it it's always somehow warmer out where I am. So But it's um, not it's not yeah, it's okay. not not nearly as bad as like we've seen in other years, but Yeah, and I'll say this though. I hate snow though, you, it's like, dangerous. And I drive a lot. The of plow snow. has gone down my block at least once an hour. And I don't even live on like a very busy block in terms of like people driving on it. A lot of people are, you know, some people have cars, but a lot of people just rely on the subway or other public transportation, and that would not be happening back when I lived in the D.C. area. So, uh, But let's get into the football. Like I said, transfer window closed. Very big weekend, but we'll start with the biggest game, Manchester United-Arsenal. Ending nil-nil, I had the draw in this game, so I was very much rooting yeah, for nothing of course, to happen in the second all half. All three of us like had a prediction, and then, it, of course, it, like, it ends up being the, the middle ground. And... Yeah, it's just I, I, to be honest, like I think it was a deserved draw. I don't think anybody was clearly better. Yeah, I think both teams had their I, waves, I, but no I, one, I, no one dominated the game for the entire stretch to feel wronged by splitting the points. I agree. I agree. I mean, they had a couple of big chances. Good, I was, we had some I was big thinking chances. you were gonna, you were gonna go a different way with that, Javier. I thought you were gonna. No, no. I, I mean, thought you were it, gonna go the way of uh, we should have won. <laughs> no, I'm happy. Like we played United twice this year. They're the, the they've been the second best team. Probably along with Liverpool, like both are, are neck to neck right now, and it's it's good to be able to go unbeaten front against them again. You know, in the league this year, they they honestly probably had more big chances than we did, but we just had really really close chances that like that you know that you that you think should have gone in. But it 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 was honestly a really well hard fought game, and like a draw was probably the fair result. So I can't like complain. Especially the way that Arsenal have been playing, we keep our unbeaten run. Like our confidence is still up, so it, this draw isn't going to affect that. Versus like a very like a very good United side, who I don't think they're going to like stay in for the title, but I think they'll 
they'll have like thought that they'll they've they've progressed from last year, you know, which I guess is is something for Manchester United. Yeah, I guess that game just kind of felt like, in, in the second half especially, you guys created a higher number of chances, but like the few chances that Manchester United created, they, they just seemed like more guilt edged opportunities. The the Cavani basically open goal tap in he had from that great move they uh, they made with Shaw and uh, and Fernandez that like dinked the ball over for Shaw to like fizz it across the goal that was I mean he misses Cavani misses chances like that all the time so I wouldn't say it's surprising but just that on top of the right at the end the like scissor kick he tried uh, that the second one right at the end was definitely a tougher chance but. You felt like that, along with a bunch, a bunch of the chances United had in the first half. Like, I think their expected goals was like one point four, one point five, and United's was, or Arsenal's was a shade under one. So, like a one-one is probably could have just as likely have happened. But if you're a United, you're a United fan, then I feel like you come away from that thinking like, man, we had like better chances, and there was a period there in the second half where we didn't even seem like we were trying to push for the win. And so, we were missing two of our best three players, and you can argue three of our best four out of our best four players, which you know Saka was out, Tierney was out, and Aubameyang were all out of this game, so they had their full and then squad. You took Martinelli off at halftime for some reason, like God yeah, knows he, why. He brought on William. William, who honestly, this is weird. I don't know why I'm going to say this, even though William missed a big good. chance. No, I'm not going to say he was don't good. Don't say it. I'm not going to say he was it. good. But I'm going to say, every game since the Fulham game, this has been a second. That was the second best 45 minutes that he played. Uh, like, the Fulham game was the only game he played well for us. And then this is the second game that I was like, okay, you weren't completely worthless. Where he was, he's been, like, like completely unbearable. This game, he had a little bit more influence and a little bit more creativity. And I think I remember one cross he had right after he missed that really easy chance. That no, it was like, like the one it was cross just was like decent. his like pr- his pressing and his like his link up was better than it was in any of the other games other than the Fulham game. So, but I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to see Louise him play anymore. David Luiz played pretty decently. Yeah. Well, that's remember when you were like Gabriel. I think ideally, obviously, would be like the the pairing with Holding or even Palomari. I like them all more than I like David Luiz, but. Mari's injured, and Gabriel had COVID and has not, you know, come back to the same level he was. So it, that sometimes can take a while. We've seen that with like Paul Pogba. But anyway, I don't want to talk about this draw too much. We didn't have our best players. I think if we'd had Saka and Tierney, it would have been a very different game. And Aubameyang as well. Like not having to bring on William, but bringing on Aubameyang there. Yeah, it would. I think it would have been a different game. A quick, quick prediction: Arsenal take on Wolves at Wolves. Tuesday, 1 o'clock. I've got the draw. Javier, what do you think happens in the game? You guys bounce back and get the win, or does yeah, the run, beat and run I, continue I, I and you think, guys draw? I think, I think I'm going to say 1-0. 1-0 Arsenal. Arsenal? Yeah. All right. Uh, moving right along. You know, let's jump to Manchester United-Southampton real quick because they will play Tuesday afternoon, 315. Alex, what's your prediction in that game, by the way? I'd probably stick with a draw in that Arsenal Wolves game. You you guys should win, but you know Wolves are starting to get into that desperation zone now. Yeah, they they lost one 0 to to Palace in a game that I I almost took the draw, and then Palace scored in like the 60th minute. I I had I had that game on my sheet and then took it off before I put in my picks. Manchester United Southampton, a game that I, I will be staying away. Official statement: I'm staying away from Southampton. Every, after having four picks not go my way in Southampton, Aston Villa for 
two atrocious calls that VAR, one that VAR absolutely fucked up, and the other one that VAR never got involved in. I'm so fucking pissed about that game. But Manchester United take on Southampton. I've been looking at Southampton. If they they can't score more than one goal, so if Manchester United score twice, they will win this game. I'm not confident that United are going to score tw- twice. I kind of feel like a one-one draws on the cards here. I think I, I don't know. I, I feel like Southampton are going to show up to this game ready to play. Might not get the win, but they're going to give United a tough one. But I, I would, if if you're wagering on this game, I would consider the under. I don't think this turns into a goal shootout or anything. But um, Southampton just absolutely cannot buy a goal right now. I think you sets up perfectly from Manchester United. It's like the kind of perfect tonic. You want a team that's going to press you high, and it's completely up to them whether they're uh, they make the mistakes or not that allow Southampton easy chances to score. And yeah, I mean Southampton looks like they've made some moves, like right at the right at the deadline. I mean the one move is uh, Minamino. I doubt he'll play in this game since it's tomorrow, but. Uh, it should put some sort of fire under those attacking players' asses that, yes, we're on like a bad run of form, uh, but we've got this other option who's ready to come in if, if you, you guys continue to underperform. So I think it'll be, it could, it could be a goal fest. It could be a Manchester United route if they get their, if they get it right. Yeah. About, I think I'm going to say like 2-1 Man United. 2-1, yeah. Two one. That, that sounds right. I would say I would say one nil or two nil Manchester United. Yeah. And that that mean to mean alone makes no sense to me. I don't understand why Liverpool are letting uh, letting people go out on loan. I understand that they bring in two center backs, but the outside of I mean, uh, and Shakiri's played well. He played really well against West Ham, but he's got an injury track record. Divac Origi is clearly not it. Hopefully, hopefully Jota comes back soon, but I don't know what's going on with Mane. It doesn't make sense. The only the only thing I could be thinking. Is Liverpool want to get Minamino more time than they're going to give him? I think that's exactly to it. sell him. Because when I've seen yeah. him this season and for the half season that he kind of played last year, he's he, there's some games where he looks good and he looks like he understands like the rest of his team's movement uh, and is putting it together. But then there's other games that you just don't even notice him for 30, 40 minutes, where he comes on as a sub and yeah. then he doesn't affect the game at all. So it, realistically, you guys don't shouldn't have the patience to sit there and allow him to develop at that kind of pace so load him to a, yeah load him to another team that plays a somewhat similar high pressing style and plays in the same division and let him get his experience that way so i, I think it's well, a nice yeah, loan especially I, I, for southampton I, I yeah i think it's a great move for southampton i think it's a no lose situation for liverpool and i think i honestly expect him to get sold now this summer really you know they only bought him for yeah i, I really think so especially with the way harvey elliott's playing down at blackburn like if they're gonna go be ambitious in the transfer window this summer, like if you could get fifteen million for him, you're doubling what she. They only spent seven and a half million or seven point two five million on him. I think you give up on uh, Nabi Keita, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain, like those kinds of players. I, th- I think before you could be you... giving up on all of them. Well, okay, maybe. Like to be totally honest, and and also too, like Minamino has always played a more attacking position, maybe not than Ox, but more. I, I think. I think Curtis Jones has officially taken Oxley Chamberlain's spot. I guess let's transition right to Liverpool seeing as we're talking about them. They got a 3-1 victory against West Ham, most lost scoring in the 57th, which was a really nice goal, assisted by Jones. The goal in the 68th, the, the break off the corner, is just vintage most lost. He's done this to West Ham now twice. Uh, Wijnaldum in the 84th with a nice play, a link up from Oxley Chamberlain and Firmino. And then Dawson with the amazing backdoor cover because I had not only the over, but I had both teams to score. An 87th minute back, double backdoor cover. 
fucking perfect. Is that um, the most you've ever celebrated a team scoring against Liverpool? Uh, no, actually, uh, see, here's the thing. I was at home watching this game, and I actually saw it come through on Twitter before I saw it happen on the stream, which which was like, I'm okay with this because it's money. Um, there was a Liverpool-Arsenal game a couple years ago, I want to say last season, beginning of the year, when we beat them 3-1 at Anfield, and I think I had both teams to score and the over and the same thing, and like Arsenal scored late in the game. And I was like at the bar screaming just as loud as I had when Liverpool scored the three goals. And I was like, yes, I fucking won money. And everyone's looking around at me because I'm wearing a Liverpool jersey. And it's like, I was gambling. Relax. But West Ham never showed up in this game. Like Liverpool were allowed to play their style of game at West Ham. And it just further cements that David Moyes has no idea how to coach against Liverpool. Um, but most law looked at his best looked could not be bothered to celebrate either goal both of which were very nice I think he's very much back on his bullshit. No Sadio Mane out with an injury and Joel Matip now out for the season, but they go and they get the job done against West Ham Nat Phillips had a great or great day at center back They go and sign two center like uh, two center backs today Ben Davies from we got to talk um, about them from We just have yeah, to. from Preston and screw the preview uh, and the on, recap We just have to talk about those two center backs Our, Yeah, Ozan Kabak who's been linked to us since last summer from Schalke. And the big thing about this is going to let Henderson play midfield and potentially let Fabinho play midfield. I don't think that's a guarantee. I don't think we'll see the two of these guys team up together. I think there's a better chance of Fabinho playing next to one of one or the other. But the, the capability's there. You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, we're, we're down one late in the game. Let's move Fabinho up into midfield and throw this kid on and you know push everybody up more. I don't know. I, I think it gives us depth. At first, I saw uh, Ben Davies, and I was like, "Wait, why? Why are they getting some guy from like Spurs?" Like, I was like, "What?" And then it's uh, another nope. Ben Davies. Klopp made that I've joke post game yeah. too, by the way. Klopp made a joke about uh, I can't comment if we're signing Ben Davies from Tottenham right now in the post game with like a cheeky smile on his face. <laughs> so, uh, but and then the Kabak uh, the Kabak deal was pretty much larceny with Schalke. We got him on a loan with it with an option to buy, but not an obligation. So basically, this kid has six months to impress Liverpool, and if he doesn't, we'll just let him go back, which I think is fantastic business. But and but the here's Ben the Davies thing. deal was only two million. Y- you have to you have to bring up the question: Is that enough to retain the title? Because at the end of the day, like obviously you needed know. to go get center backs, like especially with the Matip injury. It was just even before that, everyone was calling out to go sign at least one and hopefully two. And then the two you get are a player from Preston North End and uh, who's obviously not experienced in the Premier League at all. And then a 20-year-old 20, 20 or maybe 21-year-old. I can't did remember how see, old Kavak did is. Did we see like, like any big signings? That, did any team make any big signings? No, not really. It's January. No. No it's January in the middle, middle of a pandemic. Not, I just right, thought you guys might have say, gone for like no, experience say, over... Over just talent. I feel like it's. It was probably insanely nah, FSG's, hard to actually sign FSG's, people. I, I I don't really want to break it all down right now, but FSG firmly believe in the whole money ball approach. If we buy young, develop, sell on, and I mean, you like in terms of the the Tiago signing was an anomaly for us. That's the first time in the FSG era. You've seen them go out and spend money on a transfer fee to bring in an, a veteran player. They've brought in guys like Colo Torre before. They've brought in guys like James Milner before, but those have always been on a free. This is like that Tiago situation was an anomaly. They don't want to bring in somebody for high wages 
for a short period of time. They don't believe in that. And both of these guys still further fit into the mold of what FSG does, where they believe in this whole, you know, money ball, staying under the, you know, the amount of money we've spent selling to buy. I mean, they were one of the clubs that appealed because of Manchester City's spending to the board at FIFA. And that's why they were so disappointed when City had the ban lifted. It's like they violated the rules. We're 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 supposed to be playing by these rules. And clubs like, no offense, Alex, Chelsea and PSG and Manchester City are just like, fuck it. We'll do what we want. We'll pay the fine. We'll go through, you know, six months or a year of a transfer ban. We don't give a shit. And then we're going to keep doing whatever we have to. And FSG don't believe in that. They, like want to follow these rules and both of these transfers like totally line up alongside the philosophy they're not going to break that philosophy and the reality is like if you look at manchester city's schedule and we've said this already they have the ability to just break off a 15 game run here it may not matter like we could win every game out city could also win every game out and i I think we all know that's not going to happen that's not like especially this season it's not a guarantee but yeah it's a different season we'll see how city keep things up with i mean kevin de bruyne's out for a period and aguero hasn't mainly hasn't been a main focus of the team this year but i I think these pieces give us a chance more more so than we had the last time we taped i think if you asked me last episode i probably would have been happy with top four i think now we're back in the conversation of we could compete for a title there's just a lot right, of see what happens. Also, United it's, it's made so no much signings. pressure on. In I mean, they, I guess they Kabak. bought that one kid from. Uh, where is they it? They finalized that uh, Diallo from uh, yeah. Atalanta. Atalanta. Other they loaned that, him back out, I think. How they loaned him back out? I was going to say there. I thought United might make a signing or two to to try to strengthen, but not not actually making a signing there is. I think doesn't show United are going to dip again the and then have another week of like United are going to dip again and then have another tenure where they just go on a ridiculous run and they like somehow get on top of the league and then all their fans do the normal shit that they just did the last time. Like I I'm, I would I would bet money on that right now. I don't know what's going to happen with us. The way I look at it is it's a fit in my mind. Manchester City have like a four point lead right now with a game in hand on everyone. This feels eerily familiar to two seasons ago, the season where Liverpool finished the season on 97 points and United and City won it on like 100 or whatever it was, or you know, like they won it on 98 and we were on 97 points. I have I have a gut feeling that that's the way it's going to be, but we'll see what this center back pairing can do. Maybe we make a magical run in the Champions League again and get that. Who knows? But I would just. You know, I would just temper expectations because especially for center backs and especially those coming into the Premier League of all leagues in January, there's not very many that, you know, take like a duck to water right away at 20 years old playing center back. It's 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 a tough position. And you, you just feel like if you're, you're really serious about going for the title this season, which, you know, maybe they're OK with not retaining it this year in favor of, you know, the longer term project, which is. Fine, I, I, I'm just not convinced that this it was necessary to do. I just don't know if it's enough to get you guys to win the league title. I don't think, I don't think the center back that we wanted to come in and and be that guy was truly available this summer. In all honesty, I think what happens with this Ben Davies kid, depending on how he plays, he becomes fourth or fifth choice. I still think we're going to go throw our hat in the, you know, hat in for 
the kid over at Leipzig, one of the two kids. There's two kids that apparently were linked with the the French kid, uh, Open Campo or whatever. That's I can't a, remember, I don't yeah, remember Leipzig, Open Macano. Yeah, yeah, him. And there's another kid there who we're also apparently been linked to. I think Joel Matip's probably done with Liverpool after this year. And who knows what's going to happen with Joe Gomez. So I, I still think we'll be in the market for a center back this summer. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but great win against West Ham. But like I said, West Ham never got off the ben- uh, off the bus, in my opinion. And Mosala does Mosala things on corners against West Ham. It, it go watch Liverpool. I think tweeted or Bleach Report tweeted out a, a video of the two on top of each other, where you can watch when he did it when we had the orange jerseys. I think that was two years ago, and it's it's not the same, but it's very similar. Yeah, the uh, first one was a it, textbook solid goal. Yeah, the and I'm, and I'm going should, to be captaining him against Brighton this weekend or this week. They should, yeah, they Brighton got a big Brighton win though. They home. beat Tottenham. They did get a big win, and that, they uh, got a huge. That Gareth was a Bale huge starting. Win. Gareth Bale starting for Tottenham in that Damn. game, and I have Tottenham officially like are they over Jose Mourinho's bullshit? Is really the question I have to ask here. I hope so, especially for this uh, this Thursday. But I'm a bit worried as a Chelsea fan. I'm not, I know we're not talking about that game yet, but it seems like right things now. are it's just like falling Alex, apart for uh, for, you know. for Tottenham at the moment. And you know, you know what we always say: the perfect tonic for uh, a season or a, a bad run of form is to play Chelsea. So yes, but this Tottenham. is a new Chelsea, Alex. You have yeah. two full guard. <laughs> I'm glad Chelsea you're saying it, not back. me. <laughs> Chelsea are My back. My already in on Chelsea Listen, right now. you're Lord over Lord Abramovich. This is what happened. Listen, Alex. Your Abramovich god came in and said, listen, listen, youngsters. We fucked around with these young managers too long. I'm going to go get a god, put him in place, give him my god team that I just spent hundreds of millions on. Now go play. So that's what's going to happen here. And I think you guys are going to be like probably a very different looking team. I don't know how like how much time it's going to take him to change the team. Does but, Tuchel not not uh, is he not qualify as a young manager? He's forty seven. No, no, no. Pretty he's young. young, but he's he but looks he, old as shit. But he's been just, around it's these, a while. Because these guys like Nogglesman, who are like thirty five, and they've been coaching right. since they were like twenty nine, and you're like, all right, well, that kind of ruins it for all the forty year olds who are like just retired from football. He's got yeah, he's fair. got a salt and pepper beard. He looks like an old dude. He looks like a James Bond villain. He does, especially when he wears he a turtleneck. He just he, he does have big he brought big time back James he Bond brought back vibes. Marcus Alonso God <laughs> and he scored a goal. Okay, but what did I, what did I say on the last pod? Like the, these first couple of games, I seriously feel after watching the Wolves and Burnley games that those were literally just like data gathering exercises. Like yeah, there were some areas of the field that he kept the same, like midfield with Kovacic and Jorginho, and then the the back three. But then there's others that he's like completely like changed around, and you know CH wasn't even in the squad against Burnley, and I'm, he could be back in for Tottenham. Who knows? So it, it's hard to kind of get a feel for what he's going to prefer in this first proper like really big game, uh, especially away from home. But I mean, I still feel I still feel pretty good about it, and I, I, I hate to say it because I always I always expect us to beat Tottenham, but. At this point, I wouldn't even be that mad if we walked out with a draw. Like, yeah, I know Tottenham are in poor form. I feel like that's the most likely to... result. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it's going like, to be a very boring game with us Chelsea, not wanting to take too many Chelsea risks. Chelsea are still are not on good form. You know, beating Burnley is not like going to like suddenly reverse you into like a right. team full of confidence. Tottenham are not on good form. I think for both of these teams, 
not losing. Tottenham have like nine points over the last 50 days in the Premier League. Yeah, not losing though because they're both equal on points right now. I think if a draw would be not bad and, and beneficial to both teams in terms of like not falling too far behind, but who knows, you know? Not having Harry Kane's going to be a big deal. I think weirdly enough, people haven't talked that much about uh, Regulon being out because Mourinho ever since I don't think he has a return date so uh, he's going to be out possibly longer than Kane will be but Mourinho in Regulon's absence he's tried Ben Davis out there he's tried putting uh, Aurier over on the left wing back spot and having Doherty play right wing back I think he tried Davies out there against Brighton and then on the right wing back spot he had Sissoko who like did not impress at all and provided zero width on the right. So he's had a problem with his wingbacks. And I think that's kind of been a contributing factor to their counterattacks. Just like they're, they're a little predictable at the moment. Like the mainly son, now that he's the, the, the one truly pacey, like threatening player teams can just sort of key in on him. And it's on a lot of these other players to, to make up for it and to take advantage of the spaces that are left out wide. And they just haven't had players that have been able to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident we can like keep them to like one goal at most. You, know, you never know with VAR or something. But in these two, this very small sample size of two games uh, against other teams that like to sit deep and counter, that back three to back five has been excellent at just sniffing, sniffing out any counterattacks and just putting uh, and you know just eliminating the threat. Burnley didn't have a shot on target until like the 90th minute or something. And again, I, I know it's Burnley, but two games away from having beaten Liverpool and one game from having beaten Aston Villa and scoring three. So uh, I, I think we can, if we can, if we can keep them to one at most, you never know if, uh, if well, one of the yeah, other players, it, you know, it, comes alive. Marcus Alonso loves, loves a game against well, Tottenham. He always scores sense, against them. Though, Maybe in a bad. sense, right. When a new manager comes in, it's kind of like a reset for all the players where, they just kind of think, all right, we got a clean slate, new philosophy. Let's just try and go at it. And like, it can if you get a win or two, like you guys got a draw in his first game and then a win, that can reset a player's like mentality. And then this is the type of game that if you win it, you know, I'm sure you guys could go on a little run. If like there were, that's where the little the manager bump could come in. I don't think there's going like to be any happens. runs because if you look at our schedule, uh, just pretty much for the rest of the season, we have we have some really easy games coming up like Sheffield and uh, well, not even Sheffield anymore, but Sheffield and Newcastle are coming up. We also have you know like Manchester United. I think and, you're you know, underestimating Tuchel though. So, but I'm saying like, we may not we may, we may not string good. together a bunch of wins, but I think if we can just like avoid losses as much as possible, I think that could put us in a place to be still like around that top four area at the end of the season. So I, I don't need any like eight game dominant runs like City are doing. Like that's the way the league that is this year. And you're starting to see some of these other teams that were in and around like the top six to top four conversation earlier. They're starting to drop off a little bit now. Looking at Everton, looking at Southampton and to an extent, Villa before that last win. Money's already in. I already have the money in on Leeds against Everton. The money is in the bet. In it, it is that the ticket is purchased. I took out a Leeds money line against Everton. We need to apologize to Newcastle. They yeah, were excellent. I, I personally would like to apologize to Newcastle because I thought they were cold, and then they fucking played Everton and beat them two 0 um, Thanks for taking Joe Willock quick- Newcastle. You guys are always one uh, good guys. One other quick game before we uh, call it a day. 
two of those teams that Alex talked about are going to face off. Aston Villa West Ham was a game that I, can, I for the life of me I can never figure out betting on games that Aston Villa is involved in. So I will no longer be betting on games that Aston Villa is involved in. And normally, is West Ham's a team I, I will throw money around on, but I'm avoiding them this week. What do you guys think is going to happen in this game? Because uh, I mean, West Ham were riding high going into the Liverpool game, and then like I said, just never came out. And Villa are a to team that's like to be one fair week, to be them. Really to be fair to them, and I wanted to say this. I think West Ham still like played decently in that game to keep Liverpool goalless at halftime, and, and they had a couple of chances in the first half, like where they, they could have gotten Liverpool goals. Liverpool too much. Yeah, they just respected you guys too much. But I thought they played pretty decently in the first half and could have gotten. They ahead. did frustrate the hell out of us yeah. in the first half. I'll give you that. And, and so, they just couldn't. And, they couldn't hold on. And I mean, and I don't think that that's going to discourage them that much. They're not going to look to win the title this year. I think losing three one to Liverpool isn't the worst. I think they're still going to be very. I think they're making Europa League game. This is this. Are, this I mean, if either of these teams win, like Villa or West Ham, like they're going to both be pushing, especially West Ham. West Ham will be pushing a top four spot, but like a top six spot, and you know, Villa will think they can still get that mark if they keep winning. So this is going to be the type of team that they really want to beat. So it's a, both teams are going to have a lot of motivation here. West Ham was a team that was in the relegation zone for, you know, what did they finish, 17th last year, like, in the league? You know, Moyes saved them from relegation. Early this season, they lost their first two or three games, and everyone thought, oh, no, not again. And then they just turned it around and haven't looked back. Yeah, but they they got unlucky in those games. One of those was against Arsenal. I just remembered that they actually played both of those games decently well, and then they... uh, they just took them a little, little bit to get going, but ever since I think the third game of the season, they've been they've been quite a good side. They've been very consistent. So I one I expect West them Ham to win this. Do, I think they win this. The one thing 2-1. West Ham did not do, they sold Sebastian Haller, and they did not go and buy a replacement. They got Jesse Lingard on loan, but Jesse Lingard is not a striker. If Mikel Antonio goes down, they might play him there. Actually, who, I don't. You think? I mean, I, I'm not saying it would be good, but I'm saying. What they ask of Antonio, Jesse Lingard seems like he kind of he doesn't have like the brute strength of uh, of Antonio, but in terms of like the pressing aspect of the game, at which like West Ham usually kind of expect to be off the ball a little bit more, especially against these bigger teams. Uh, I mean, I, he could be a nice like link up option since he's used to playing uh, deeper. But yeah, they probably should have gotten Ben uh, Rama looks like he wants to play striker. Like he has the mm. feel that he could play he could play nine. I really don't think so. Every time I've seen him do well, it's it, you know it's playing close alongside to someone like Fornals and Antonio, and then being able to move positions. Maybe they're just going to play like a positionless sort of uh, forward line. Like whoever is in the best area at that specific circumstance, you know, make sure you get into the box and get to the front post or the back post. And uh, it could be any number of uh, those. And Suchek does it too, coming from a deeper position. So, all right, give us a score, Alex. Give us a score. I'll say two-two. I want two-two also. Like I'll uh, say two Villa and West Ham. Yeah, uh, Villa. I think are they're doing that scary thing where they're they're starting to win games that they shouldn't be. <laughs> that that Southampton game, they should have probably lost that. Like they had some good chances, but. They should have probably so lost that. Mad about yeah, I'm going to trust now, in my West Ham now. Now I'm even starting to think of Jack Grealish as a Player of the Year candidate. Just for uh, they have these the, two I games in, the in hand. I think they're the, one of the only teams that has two games in hand, and uh, I'm not sure who they're against. But 
just you just look at the standings, especially as a Chelsea fan, and they're just below us right now, and you think, God damn it, they have those two games in hand. If they have their shit together at that time, they could easily just win both of those and then be right in there with that uh, that top six, top four discussion. So yeah, I'll say yeah, two two. If they two. won both games in hand, they'd be one point behind Leicester. I mean, yeah, one of them's against Everton. Oh great! I hope they can draw. Draws all around. Villa only have two draws this season. It's kind of crazy. They just only, and the other they only win, win or lose games. They missed. I think they missed two games They're because like they had a COVID outbreak. Yeah. yeah, they did. So Tottenham and Everton, both of them. I mean, both of those games are they, they could be in both of those games easily. They could drop points in both of those games easily. They could also win. It really depends on Tottenham or Everton are playing like they are now, and Villa get hot. Who knows? So yeah, I, I agree with you, Alex. Do you guys, uh, before we close the pod, do you think this is? I mean, if, if Aston Villa qualify for Europe, Grealish isn't going anywhere. But do you think he's going to be Villa for life now, or do you think he might might take a take a chance and go to one of the big clubs after the season, depending on how things play out? I think he's too ambitious. I feel like if like a team like United come in with like an eighty million pound bid, like they're going to sell him. The problem about him going to United is that he does the same thing that Bruno Fernandez does and he's not going to be able to do that nah, he's, and start. He, he's going to he, he's, I don't think he'll go to United. I to think do he that. plays a little bit of a different role. I think he role. would go to Tottenham to do that or Arsenal, but I don't think he'll go to to United. Yeah, to neither of those teams would pay 80 million or like 100 million for a player like that. I agree. It, it's that 5-year deal that makes me think he's going to stay. Also just the fact that it seems like Villa are yeah, really Villa building are more something. Ambitious. Yeah, they, they are, just spent right? a good amount of money on uh, Morgan Sanson from I think Marseille, uh, the French midfielder. Oh, they picked up Morgan Sanson. That's not, that's yeah. not a bad move. Wow. Which signing him makes me think that they may not renew uh, Ross Barkley. I thought they might keep Ross Barkley and just sign him on a permanent deal after this season. But they, they, they have a yeah. ton of midfielders right now, uh, even without Barkley. And they kind of sustained this form even when Barkley was out for uh, a good few weeks. So uh, they're building enough of a sustained project that you'd think with that five-year deal that Grealish just signed last summer, that he's just going to stay there for, I think, the rest of his like prime years. Alex, and- Leeds aren't going away. They beat Leicester. Where, do you, where is this Leeds team going to go, Alex? They're gonna stay. Uh, they'll they'll drop off at some point. They'll drop off. <laughs> they're gonna stay now. Up. Once the, see, they're like now they're now they're, they're at twenty now that they're basically right now, safe. Which I'm saying yeah. like that prediction fell flat in its face. But now they're basically Say safe. Say you were wrong about Leeds, Alex. I was wrong Say about it. Leeds. I was wrong about Leeds. But apologize you know to Leeds, there it Alex. Is, February first. You know, do you know, do you know, apologize to Leeds. Do you know Alex. who I feel who I'm more mad at? I'm more mad at Fulham and uh, West Brom, especially. I expected more of West Brom, and they spat in my faces. So good for you, Leeds. But their time will come. They will not be here for guys, long. So guys, enjoy there's them. now a seven point gap between Brighton and Fulham, and nine point gap for West Brom. It's just not. These teams, right? Are these West, three teams West Brom teams and get Fulham drew two-two, and somehow Oof. they both lost. <laughs> I think I think Sheffield might jump ahead of West Brom before the season's over, though. They might. Sheffield won't finish last. They'll finish like nineteenth, second loser. Yeah, I could they see might. Sheffield finishing right, above well, Fulham. Dude. Um, before we before we wrap it up, I do want to just keep it brief. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. I don't. Not sure what the schedule is gonna be like for the rest of the week. Liverpool, Manchester City this weekend. Keep Must it, win like, under a minute. Uh, yeah, it's a must win. It's absolutely a must win. Um, I don't think we will win. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be an absolutely dreadful, boring game of football, where both teams are too respectful of each other. It doesn't open up. 
and it ends nil nil or one one. Um, a draw would I favor Man City, you know, keep you guys below. A draw would favor Manchester City. I don't think Pep's going to come into this game attacking us. I think Klopp's going to try to push, but I think City are just going to be able to stand tight, hold the wall, hold the line. And I, I think I think the game gets played entirely in the midfield. We've seen this happen with these two teams a bunch. Isn't that what happened in like October? It ended nil nil at, at the Etihad. At the Etihad, I, I don't expect I don't expect much in this game. Um, you know, then again though, if, you're, if your defense is, I mean, it's still going to be inexperienced. They're just going to go in. Fabinho's going to go in at you guys, man. Game. Yeah, but I just like, we'll, I expect we'll there to see. be goals. I don't. I don't. I think these, that these two teams the last yeah. couple, the last couple times they've played they've had a, a, a reputation of they're not being goals. So it, these games the goals are coming from them, dude. Good. They're gonna score like two or three on you. But it could be we'll like see. it could you guys. Yeah. It could be a shootout. I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it'll be more fun than what you're saying. Uh, I think defensively, I mean, I don't know how many goals you guys are gonna score on them, but they're playing really well right now. And I think in a big games like this, they've they've so far been pretty good this season. So. I mean, the last time they played at Anfield, we beat them three-one. But I'm not expecting. I mean, I'm not expecting that at all. I, and it's not like that was me, with like Van Dyke. Like, yeah, it was with Van Dyke. That was with you know that was a full lineup. Like that was well, Lovren started that game. But I think we have a shot. But because it'll be at Anfield, it's not going to be. It's not the same shot as it used to be. When uh, it's not the same shot when the fans are there. So no fans. I definitely benefits Manchester City. Our defense definitely a benefit to Manchester City. Their form definitely a benefit to Manchester City. But you know we're saying this on Monday evening, prior to a game that's going to be happening on Sunday. So a lot could change. Who knows? Hopefully Diego Jota is coming back sooner. Hopefully Sadio Mane is healthy because he might not be healthy for that game. So that's the big one. But we'll find out. And um, thank you guys for listening. Follow along uh, at Ghost Gold Pod at Andrew Pissarro at AS Moss ninety two at Javier Rev nine and. Um, picks video is already out go find that on twitter i'll put it up on instagram in a moment here and uh until next time see ya